Welcome to the Everything Canada Soccer Uncensored Podcast, where I, your host, Jordan Millington, will guide you through Canada's journey as we move forward into uncharted waters when it comes to the sport of soccer, football, however you want to say it. I don't care. I prefer football, and that's how I'll usually say it. But I am here to take you through the journey of Canada moving up in the world. For so long, Canada's only been focused on hockey and just other sports, but now that there's been sufficient funding and some success with players moving over to Europe, and that includes Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, Liam Miller's another choice, and with the growth and startup of the Canadian Premier League, it's so crucial that we have a an actual platform of Canadians pushing through the sport as well. And so that's my goal as part of this podcast, to give you information and to just give you opinions on everything because if I'm honest, I'm just going to, it's uncensored. I'm not sure what that means. Maybe unfiltered means you can talk about anything. I'm new to podcasts, but what I do know is I do not like the way that this sport is portrayed in this country. That is my main, that's my main, what's got me started in this in the first place. I do not like how TSN, how Sportsnet show this sport. I so a lot of the people that work, I respect them and everything, but just the way that the the organizations as a whole, how they talk about it and just kind of put it to the side, I've always hated it. Ever since I was a young kid, I always hated the way that this sport was broadcasted. So I took it upon myself this year. COVID hit. Okay, cool. So I'm going to try and make this sport and put us on the map in some way, shape or form. I've grown a little bit. And now I felt like it was time for me to add a bit of more of a, a different platform in terms of getting my feelings and opinions and points across. And also giving you, the listener, thanks for listening, the information and even just a little different opinion than what you might than what you might be used to. Because just a little bit about myself, I'm twenty one years old, almost twenty two, and I've I played soccer from when I was little and I played it non-competitively and I've played it competitively I've coached it I've roughed it I've been on every single facet I've watched it my whole life European leagues lower leagues Canadian leagues American leagues even the Mexican league from time to time so I'm I'm well versed in in a lot of different areas than many people are and I believe that there's so much there's there's so much growth there's so much growth potential in this country just because of just the way we're set up, you know, we, we, yes, the West and the East dominate a lot. I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and you'll, you'll see me reference like when it comes to game times and stuff like that, when I announce them, I'll talk about it in a mountain time, but irregardless, that point doesn't matter. There's just so much growth that is just untapped. And I have this conversation with so many people all the time. And there's just so much more that, that can that can go on. So that's what this podcast is about. I'm trying to expand the Canadian brand of football, soccer here, and that'll lead to big things one day, but it starts here. I'm glad you're here for the first the beginning of this all. Um, yeah, let's just get straight into it. So on the weekend, there was three games, Ottawa Forge, York, Halifax, and Valor Edmonton. So I'm going to start with the Valor Edmonton game. From, the, from what I saw... Kind of a lackluster game, honestly, in some ways. Now, there might have been moments where of excitement, but it's two teams that are that are in poor form that aren't 
they let they don't like light the world like you know what i mean like i mean just for like they're both bottom of the table i mean valor had such a fantastic start to the season and then they just drop off like out of nowhere out of their last five games they picked up two points that's atrocious for a team that was leading that was i think since the bubble they've only collected about six points that that, that could be wrong but i remember them being on what was it out of the eight games or seven games that they played in the bubble they won like six of them that's 18 points and they're at 24 now out of 13 games you've what picked up six points that's in any other league in europe that's relegation form that's poor relegation form no wonder rob gale was sacked all respect to him i, I met, actually met him once coming out of a tim hortons i told he was uh they were playing cavalry fc that day I told him that Cavalry would beat them. This was back in 2019. And he's like, aha, we'll see. And we did beat them. Um, <laughs> but other than that, he seemed like a decent guy. Um, but yeah, just Valor. Just so poor. Edmonton, similar. Every, the, that first season of the CPL, they were a lot better. But they just have not... I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is about Edmonton. It could be the fans. Their fans are non-existent. And a lot of games that they only show up with 800 <clears throat> when they, sorry, when they, even the stadium capacity can fit way more. When Clark, Clark Stadium is not a great stadium in all, in all honesty with you. It's a shadow when, it, when you compare it to Spruce Meadows or Wanderers Grounds. Not that I've been there, but I've seen pictures and obviously when I watch it, and it's, it's fantastic. It's meant. Um, so yeah, not a very exciting game. Obviously, both teams needed more than just a 1-1 draw, but that's how it goes. York United and Halifax Wanderers are the next ones I want to talk about. They are two very interesting teams, both fighting for that one, for that very last playoff spot. I have to give a slight advantage to York United, and I've thought about this a lot. I don't know. I know Halifax Wanderers have the league leader in goal scoring in Joe Morelli, but there's just, I don't know, there's just something about York where I just feel like that extra little bit of defensive solidity in Dominic Zator will just just move them past. And they, they have a knack for not losing. Not like when it comes to when it push comes to shove, they won't lose the game. They'll get the tie. Hence the reason why they have nine draws. Same with Halifax. They're a bit of the same, but I don't know. There's just something about York where I'm like, you know what? This rebrand, new new jerseys, bit of a different feel around the club. I feel like it's finally their time to actually do something meaningful, and that will be uh, that'll be a bit of a slap in the face to HFX fans. And I'm sorry, but it's just it's just a gut feeling. I could be wrong, obviously. I'm not perfect. Um, and that's that game. They just always tie with each other. I remember the the probably the greatest CPL game was like, like three weeks ago when they tied three three in just insanely abnormal circumstances. I mean, that's just like. They, whenever they play, you better watch because there will be goals and there will be lots of drama and action. And the last the last game that I want to talk about, such I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. I let's go Ottawa are terrible. And I don't I, I can't say no disrespect, but they just aren't good. Now, it is their first full season in the league. And they just came off a 3-0 victory, or was it? 3-1 victory over Cavalry, which 
I will dig out cavalry. I will have a go at them every time for losing a game like that. But just, it's just, I don't know, negative 30, or sorry, 39 goals against and a negative 18 goal difference, which is way below what Edmonton has done. Edmonton can at least score can at least keep goals out of the net. But every time Atletico plays Forge, they just get battered every time. It's it's so poor. It's I really feel bad for Ottawa fans. They're like, oh, yes, we finally have a team. That's not the Ottawa Fury. They're a professional team. And they just get battered every week. 13 losses in their first full season. It's it doesn't. It's not good reading. And it's it must not be fun to be an Ottawa fan right now. But who knows? They're partners. They're partnered with Atletico Madrid, so obviously give it a year or two, send youth players over, and who knows what might happen. Atletico could be the best team in the league in a year or two, if as long as there's not you know another global pandemic. But I I I, I am praying that we don't have that. Um, but yeah, Forge. What can you say? They they have the best coach in the league. As much as that hurts for me to say, because. Tommy Wielden Jr. was that at one point, but now I think Bobby Smirnionis has solidified himself as he has won back-to-back championships in different circumstances as well. It wasn't just a carbon copy. He literally, he did it in a regular season, refereeing decisions in the final. Luck is always it, luck always plays a part in a championship winning team. It showed that way in the first in the in that first final, but in the second final, there's no debate. Forge were the best team at the Island Games. Completely tore apart Cavalry as like, you know, they go neck and neck. But Forge are just, they're just so good. And not only not only that, we only, like most teams only have the Canadian Championship and the CPL to worry about. But they have continental competitions. And so will other teams the next season. But Forge are really the only the team that's played the most games out of any CPL team in history. And Bobby Smirnonis has been there for each and every one of those games, and he's done well in those. He's go he's gone to the Caribbean, he's gone to Mexico and beaten teams and drawn hard teams and lost respectably to better teams. He is he is the best in the league. He's the best coach in the league by by a little bit distance. He's distancing himself and there's links with him. I I read a report the other day on my feed talking about how he should be considered for the Toronto FC job. And I honestly, I believe that wholeheartedly. I'm like, 100%, I think he should, because why not support that local talent here in Canada? Toronto FC have had a shocker of a season. So why not bring someone with some winning pedigree to that team just to lift them? I've heard him, I've heard him talk a little bit on, like, one soccer will have some specials, and just the way he talks, he's a very smart man. He's, and like, fairly humble in the way he presents himself. Like, he doesn't... The way he sits and just the way he he talks, he's not like this big commanding figure that demands respect from you. He's he's very like laid back and very sure of himself when he talks. I'd love to meet him one day and interview him and just ask, how are you the way that you are? But that's just... Him and them forge, I'm surprised they're only third. They do have a game at hand on Cavalry, so they'll win that game at hand. Goal difference is just about as good as Pacific. I'd say they're just about as good as Pacific, if not better. They'll be the top two going into the into the playoffs, alongside Pro- Cavalry. Safe. They're they're five points, they're five points ahead of York United with, you know, a game at hand. So they'll be okay. York United will just squeeze in that fourth position, but I think Forge will finish. They could potentially finish first in the league if I'm honest. But Pacific FC, I think they'll keep that top spot. 
could always change. And Forge, who knows? They had a, they've had some mixed results this season. So, but that top four, as of right now, when you look at the standings, when you listen to this, right, right before Cavalry plays, um, who do they play? Ah, uh, right before Cavalry plays Valor. Sorry. Right before that, that those standings as they sit, the top four, that's who will make the playoffs. So that's really all I wanted to discuss about the CPL. Now on to Canada's fixtures and the, the team that they picked for these three qualifying games on Thursday, Sunday, and Wednesday of October, in early October. The Mexico at the Azteca. That is the toughest fixture in CONCACAF. It, it is. I remember hearing, I think it was either Alex Alex Bunbury talk about it in person because I met him a couple years ago, talk about right before they went on the uh, the the pitch at the Azteca, there's a little like spiral staircase that you walk up and you just hear humming as you walk up and it just sounds like bees in a beehive. And that's the, that's the Mexican fans at the Azteca when it's packed. And just how intimidating that he described that that is when you're walking up those steps, that... 70-odd thousand, if not more, I don't know, the po- I forget the population of the Azteca, but just screaming at you the whole time, tearing you down, telling you that you're worthless, and whatever, what other things that Mexican fans may say, Canadian fans are nothing compared to Mexican fans, but I think it'll be a really good test for us, I th- we've drawn them, we technically drew them in the Gold Cup, we did lo- end up losing them, but Maxime Crepo did save a penalty, Gave us a big boost. We played fantastic against them. And honestly, I'm not too worried about the result. If we lose, we lose. It's Mexico. You're supposed to lose against Mexico, who, no matter who you are. Except for the United States. They somehow beat them. They're like Mexico's boogie team. Uh, but after Mexico, uh, we end up with Jamaica, which it's been very difficult. I, I listened to John Herdman's um, interview, or yeah, his interview last week or the week before and he talked about how Jamaica's had a different squad each game that they played so far because of certain COVID red listed countries like at one point they had England players play because you know a lot of English descent is Jamaican but then at one point they had more American players more American Jamaican so it's kind of like been they basically have three squads that they've played so the Jamaica that we've seen so far in the qualifying are like nothing compared to like what we will that we will see in Kingston on Sunday. But lastly, Panama will have Panama at home to end off this and I think it'll be good because two road trips, two hard road trips especially with in Mexico then Jamaica. We'll be back in Toronto at BMO Field next Wednesday at 5:30, which is my time, so local time there, 7:30 Eastern. And that'll be a real good way to end it off. Panama are going to be a very tough team to play against. They did qualify for the last World Cup, remember. So they are very capable. They are a very capable team. And we have to watch out for that. So I think out of a possible nine points from this, I think I think realistically, I'd look for more of like a four or five points. But I think we could squeeze out six points. I don't see us getting... I just... There's something about me... Ah... There's something about me that doesn't think that we'll beat Mexico. We could tie them. And then I'd definitely say we could tie Panama at home. I'd say we could, I would bet against, or I'd bet on us to win at home against Panama with the fans because Toronto FC have allowed, or the entire Ontario government have allowed us to have more fans now at the stadium. So that's exciting. 
So I think about a six possible points, which would be great, which would leave us at 11 after six games played, which for qualifying, we need about 20, 21 to really to actually qualify for the World Cup without having to go through a stupid playoff with a, like some other continental team. And honestly, I'm excited. I like these these run of games are good. And we we haven't had to play Costa Rica or I think the Costa Rica might be the only team that we haven't played, but very winnable games. Very the Mexico one's gonna be good because we can really test ourselves and see where we've come from gold even the gold cup. But yeah, that's the next fixtures. The team's looking good. Alfonso Davies is healthy. Jonathan David is scoring for fun right now. We couldn't be playing Mexico at a better time, is what I'm trying to say. And finally, the last thing I want to say is <laughs> Edmonton's hosting a game. I'll be able to go to my first Canada game, which is like shocking, but they never play here. And I never really taught, thought about it when I was a teenager, but no, I'm super excited. I'll be going to that never, November 12th game, most likely. I'll definitely film some, talk some. It'll be it'll be buzzing. And then finally, we can get... It'll, they'll be playing Costa Rica then, but finally, we'll be having... Having a tropical team come up north, come to a Canadian winter, and suffer. They don't like the cold. They won't react well. Alfonso Davies is from Edmonton. He will know what it's like to play in an Edmonton winter. Because he played it probably at school. I remember playing in the snow all the time at school. But yeah, that's it. That's the first episode done and dusted. I will talk. This will be a weekly thing. So check back next week. It'll be everywhere. Share it. That would help me out a ton. Um, subscribe to it. And yeah, share it with a friend. And yeah, I'll see you next week. Cheers.